Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it. In today's fast-paced world where digital connections often surpass in-person interactions, many of us find it challenging to build and nurture meaningful friendships. Today, we're going to be talking about those meaningful friendships as an adult. And in our research and our own experiences, Jess and I know the profound impact that solid friendships can have on our mental and emotional well-being. In this week's podcast episode, we dive into the importance of friendships in adulthood. We offer insights on how to make friends and more importantly, how to maintain these valuable connections. You know, Kelly, as we get started, the first thing that I kind of want to define is that I think there are different kinds of friendships. Yeah. All of them equally valuable. I think there's four different kinds. We have acquaintances. I think personally, I would define an acquaintance like someone you know their first name, but you may not know their last name. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think about like your Pilates friends, my gym friends, maybe a mom you see at school all the time. So you kind of know like, oh, hey, how's so-and-so doing? Or I love your hair, but you may not have their details in your phone. I was surprised at how this is like these four friendship categories are common knowledge. I even like in our research, I tried to even see who invented these four friendships and I couldn't really find it. So I thought that was interesting. So let's talk about casual friendships. Those are relationships that are kind of around shared environments or activities like sports or the gym or a workplace. I don't know about you, but I feel like I have a lot of casual friendships. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially being a parent, you have a lot of casual friendships because you have to field all the time or maybe you, you carpool with this person. So I would say you have this person's details in your phone you're not like necessarily texting about anything other than that shared common interest. Yes. And then it goes to, which I think is a big bowl. I think this is the sticking point for people as adults is finding close friends, right? These are the people in your inner circle that you've met, you click sometimes instantly, you talk to all the time, you share your struggles and you confide in this person. Yeah, I have found for myself, I think about close friends, they tend to ebb and flow a little bit depending on where I am in life. If you think about jobs you've been at where you have casual friends, then you end up developing some close relationships with friends, people that you see every day or different seasons of your life, right? Think about the close friends you had when your kids were younger versus as they've gotten older, even before you were married how some of those friendships might evolve over time. Well, I think too, for me, particularly in the past, if you instantly connect with someone and they're really close, but you don't really know them that well. And so for me, that's where it's changed because then I get to know them or they do or say something that's super crazy that I'm like, oh, never mind. That's where those can change. Affirmative. Yeah, I definitely have had close friends that something happens or part of it too is you get close to somebody and maybe they turn a little toxic. Yeah, And you realize that it's not somebody who is good for you to be close to anymore. And you realize you have to set some boundaries. Yeah. 
And then then there's lifelong friends, which, you know, I still think even though they say they're people you've been friends with since childhood, I still think you can make a lifelong friend at our age because it just becomes that true blue friend, that friend that you can just totally be yourself with, right? They can walk in your house as a disaster. They can see you at your worst. To me, that's a lifelong friend that will just be there. Yeah, I can give you a great example. I have two close friends that I know are lifelong friends. And one of them is my friend Lauren. And I actually met her when I worked at JLL. And we don't see each other very often. But it's a person that you have that instant friendship with that I know I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life. You have these certain connections with people. You can't always put your finger on them but you have a common kindred spirit of sort. Yeah. A lot of my college friends are lifelong friends. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have the luxury. I didn't have the luxury of having childhood friends in some way because we moved around a lot. And I really had a hard time keeping in touch. Well, People's I think lives you shared, changed. right. You shared, we've shared and talked before about our last move when you were 11, turning 12, of not being able to find your people. And I know that when you went to college, you found your people. And they may not be but your it, people now, but you found your people. I'm not I found my people, wrong, but, but it took yeah. it took a while there. Yeah. Too. I mean, I yeah. think that's my own anxiety with my kids and going off to college is it took me, I would say, almost a year and a half to really find my people at college, which is hard because some people, it's instant. Yeah. Yeah. I think I found, so I talk so much about Julie. Right. And Julie and I connected very quickly into moving to Hutchinson. And that's my one friend from Kansas that I can totally keep in contact with a lot. And we see each other, I would say, once a year now. And that's gone back and forth. Maybe we haven't talked for a year or two or whatever, but we've really, particularly since we've had children, really stayed very connected. We were like the only two people that left the state of Kansas. And then I have from grad school. We've had both of them on. We had Emily on and we had Samantha on. And those are some friends that I made later. In undergrad, I don't know. I do. I have Michelle that I stayed connected to and a friend, Emily. As far as people that you communicate with all the time and maintain those friendships, I would say I maintain and nurture some friendships more than others. One of the reasons why we chose this topic today is just twofold. With people working from home and technology, it's harder for us to find friends. I find in my own private practice that a lot of my clients are having a hard time knowing how to navigate and find friends in today's culture. And it's so critically important for our physical and mental health to have friendships. And they can be all different kinds of friendships. I think it's just as important to have a woman that you see or a person that you see at the gym and say, how are you? I love your shoes. And also someone that you can call crying to. I think there's value in all of those friendships and all of them impact your self-worth, your confidence. They help you live longer. You are healthier when you have healthy connections. I feel like I went on a tangent. Well, I think the one thing with regard to friendships is really like anything else, you got to put in the work. Yeah, You got to put in the work. And so I think even for me, that's why I don't have a long list of lifetime friendships in some way. Because I didn't put any work into keeping in touch with nearly anybody I went to high school with. Yeah. I just didn't. And so I think those, the people that you put the work into are the ones you really keep those connections with. But honestly, I, I shouldn't beat myself up about that because 
um, there's a reason why maybe, yeah. right? And so let's talk yeah. about some of those things that you want to be doing um, well, yeah. in terms and I of just cultivating friendships. want to go back to a, a couple of other podcasts on how to make friends and also our favorite book about the good yeah. life. Yeah, I think that goes back to whether things are energizing or depleting. And I think when we're healthy and happy, we gravitate towards those energizing relationships. And so why nurture something that is depleting? And so I think for sure, we're probably nurturing the relationships that are energizing to us. How do we get there? How do we make those connections? We've got to be proactive and yes. take initiative. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big piece in the right direction. For some people who are a little more extroverted, it's easier. The one thing that I think helps to cultivate those types of relationships is being in a social situation, having an open mind and a positive attitude, having friendly body language, looking approachable, and having those conversations with new people along those lines. When we went to PodFest, I was amazed at how you could literally jump into a group of people and just say, hey, what's your podcast? Here's my podcast. And nobody felt like you were barging it. Because you were all there with a shared interest. Find your joy and go into something. It's hard if you're at the mall and you're just wandering around and you're like, hello, I'm Jessica. <laughs> you know, but like if you're going to a kayaking class, if you're going to a cooking lesson, if you're in line at the grocery store, right, there's already a shared thing happening right there. I think I talked about this bit with Stephanie, my friend Stephanie, who is a lifelong friend here in Vegas. I got my hair cut 14 years ago and we had everything in common. We loved reading books. We loved the same show on the Food Network. We were like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. You know, you met somebody like blah, 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 blah. So when you find that connection with somebody, you have to be proactive. So what did we do? Can I have your number? Let me text you at, with a common thing. So we were like, we want to be in a book club. And after that meeting, her and I started a book club. And so it was like, oh, let me get your number so we can do whatever. Oh, what's your Instagram? You've got to be proactive and take initiative. Strike when the iron's hot. So when you meet someone and you have a connection, you try to create a moment. In PodFest, what was awesome was we had badges. It could say introvert. It could say extrovert. We all had business cards, QR codes. So you'd be like, oh, let me scan your QR code. Or you have a card. Or we have to exchange details. Strike right at that moment. Yes. And I think being in, like, even if you're a parent, going to parent activities, or if you have a hobby, if you aren't a parent and you're picking up a new sport, like there are putting yourself in situations that kind of promote some sort of a social situation to make friends. So if you're new to a town, I think about for us, it was easy because our parents would just become friends with other parents. I think that was the yeah, early thing. Extroverts, they're social extroverts. And so I think about other people who maybe move to a new community and don't have friends. You got to get out there, right? You got to put yourself out there. If you have a kid, go to a park. Shauna and Michelle, two of my old friends when Wes was 18 months old, and we met yeah. at the park, met at the playground. Yeah. Yeah. They had kids a similar age and you just, it's morning and nobody else is there yeah. and you're having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Having those little common activities. Absolutely. And like I've said before, my friend Leanne, I was walking at my daughter's practice. I was walking and I did not know who she was. And she said, next time you walk, I'll go with you. Right. So we walk and then we have all these things in common. We've read the same books. We like the same things. We're into like energy healing. We're both in the healing profession. I found her number. 
I've talked about this in another podcast. I, I might present as a stalker, but I found her number in the team text loop mm-hmm. thing. I got her number. We talked about juicing. And so I was juicing and sent her a picture of juicing, of me juicing. And then we started exchanging recipes. And so, you know, it kind of starts out that way. Again, a common interest um, of walking and we like being active. You meet the person, you get their details, you take initiative, you make a plan. You want to go for a walk, you want to go grab coffee. Let's say you bonded on movies. Hey, I saw this movie was coming out, right? You take that initiative and then you need to start cultivating their relationship. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's partly listening to them, getting to know them, expressing empathy. Right. It's about how can you deepen those friendships? It's so rewarding, right? It just feels, at least for you you and I, right? Yeah. It fills our cup to have those deeper relationships and we can talk, we can hear about their lives, asking them questions, getting to know them more and having that dialogue. Yeah. We all want to be heard, right? I'm a therapist and I joke today, I joke. I met my with my trainer on the future app and I was asking all the questions and she was like, this is supposed to be about you. She's like, I keep talking about myself. I know you're good at what you do because I <laughs> I'm so nosy. I ask questions and I'm I find something interesting. So in the video, she sent me her dog was barking in the background and I said, oh, I heard your dog barking in the background. Do you have a dog? I have a dog because I'm actively listening and then I'm asking more questions. And then she found that she started talking. So it's like, hear here what's happening in their lives. Oh, I saw this was happening, whatever. Sh- showing curiosity. And then that feels yes. good. You feel heard. And that's well, and, listening. And as, as you're doing that, you're building those connections, okay. which I think is partly how you're building on those friendships. As you're doing that, the third point, which mm-hmm. is one of the key points, I think, in really cultivating those friendships is being consistent and reliable. Yeah. Right, uh, Jess? Yes. Kelly and I have two businesses a lot of children, a lot of things happening. We're trying to close our rings every day. We're trying to live to 100. We've got to carve out that time and set aside time for our friends. Scheduling, what I have been doing is I will bring my book or before I text a friend, I will open up my calendar and I will say, hey, let's go get coffee. I'm available the 7th, the 14th and the 24th. So I am trying to be reliable and consistent. And, And Teresa is so good at this. My friend Teresa is so good at this. Another lifelong friend randomly met at a park with our kids of like stalking me sometimes because she knows I can get really busy. And she's like, I want to connect this week. When do you have? I'm available these days and these days. And then we've got to follow up. Or I texted my girlfriends and I said, hey, let's get together. Can we get together on the 9th? And one said, we can't. And no one said anything for four days. I waited till I got my book. I got my calendar out and I texted them. Can we get together? The 15th offered three dates because a lot of times we forget and and it's crickets and we forget I am a catalyst. We've got to keep things going and be consistent on making sure that we see each other. So that's the part I think so much of us have and nurturing that friendship. And we're so busy is carving out that time and kind of like, I know I say stalking, don't really stalk, but like following through, following through, hey, we were going to get together. What are we going to do? Be reliable with what you say you're going to do. Instead of saying, let's grab coffee. Hey, Fridays work great for me. How does that work for you? Absolutely. I think that we started to do that. Two of my girlfriends who I adore and don't get enough time with, we grabbed coffee last week and we were like, let's make this a regular thing. And we're sorting through like a monthly, just like a monthly day, get on the calendar. We know it's there. It forces us to get together. But coffee is a great way to get some time with people 
with your friends or even new friends or people you yeah. want to get to know more because yeah. that's also like an hour-ish. Yeah, it's in public. So it's casual. It's not like a never-ending yeah. thing. Right. Like it's a, hey, I got to get back, which is a nice safe space to nurture a new friendship. Yeah. And to be able to shift that casual friend or acquaintance into a close friend, we can become vulnerable. We need to become vulnerable yeah. and start sharing a little bit about ourselves. It's not vulnerability if you tell every single person all your personal trauma. That's not vulnerability. But it's starting to say like, hey, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little stressed this week. It's so crazy. That's sharing a little bit and then see how they respond and then see if that feels energizing. Wow, that felt great. I, I think I can share more with that person and they share more. There was an acquaintance I had that kept everything surface level, always responded. Everything was perfect. Always had an answer to everything because they were so organized and everything was wonderful. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, what is it about this person? I'm just not connecting or what? And I realized they were never vulnerable with me. And I like my friends to show me behind the curtains. And I want us to be shit shows together, right? And if you are just always keeping it surface, because that, that can't be real. That can't be real that everything's wonderful in your life. And, and you want to keep it surface level, that's fine. But I like to have a few close friends where I can share my story and be vulnerable with, and they can do the same with me. Yeah, I totally agree. And I have my book club gals who, I think that's the thing is as we get older, but there's a group of us gals who get together, read a book and get together, not as often as we would like, but we certainly have created a very safe space for everyone and yeah. anyone who's going through a difficult time to be that support and to show yeah. them love. And it always makes them feel better. And it gives you a safe space when you're going through something to know that they have your back. I think it's really fulfilling too, but it's really important yeah. to do that. And yeah. I think as you begin with certain friends, for me, one of my friends, Rita was making fun of me because I cut bait sometimes on certain friends, friends that I'm like, this yeah. isn't going, I'm done. Yeah. Right. There's these layers of how much am I going to invest in that friendship if I'm not getting something back? Yeah, it goes to energy and reciprocity. And I go back to that friendship audit from the good life. You and I talk about vibrational levels, right? And if we're trying to operate at a high vibrational level, live with happiness, love, and light, and you're not feeling it from the other person, do you want to hang out with Susie, who you feel like shit after, Tammy, meh, or, you know, Teresa, that every time you see her, you feel so amazing. Well, I just want to be with the Teresa. I'm cutting Susie and Tammy out. You and I have limited time. I've got limited time. What's my friend that's the best bang for my buck that you're going to feel energized and great about, right? And it builds your self-confidence. It helps you feel good. Yes. I'm going to be with these three ladies because I feel great. Be with those people. Our goal in Chasing Brighter is to live the best life you can and be surrounded by love and kindness and being your authentic self and yeah. knowing that yeah. you can do that in a safe place and you have that support and love. And so constantly curating, you know, our friendships and making yeah. sure that you're getting that. Yeah. And also relationships ebb and flow. So if you distance yourself from a person for a while, that's not permanent. Maybe that relationship comes back to you, but it's being protective and setting boundaries with your time and knowing what helps you feel your best. As we're summarizing this episode, building and nurturing friendships as an adult requires intentionality, empathy, and effort. By following through with these tips, you're going to receive that back because you're going to have that support that emotional support, that village, that tribe that we always talk about that will come back to you tenfold. Yes. Yeah. The quality of those friendships have a significant impact on your happiness and well-being. You got to make the investment. Yeah. You got to put the time in too. 
So we challenge you all right now, make a new friend, strike up a conversation. It's only going to help. It's not going to hurt, I promise. It'll be fun. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you want to know more about Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, check that out at chasingbrighter.com. And we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Brighter. Thanks. We'll be here next week.